We've all heard it before. It's who you know. Welcome to Social Capital, a weekly podcast that dives into social relationships and why the investment you put into them is so important. Your host, Lori Hybe, will connect with industry-leading professionals and dive into their networking experiences and expert advice. Hey, everybody. Lori Hybe here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. I just want to give a quick thank you to you, the listener. I appreciate you, and I want you to know that. If there's ever anything that I can do to support you, please reach out. That being said, here's two ways that you can connect with me. First, check out our Facebook group called Social Capital Network. It's a community of trust, reciprocity, and relationships. Second, you can connect with me on LinkedIn. Search for Lori Hybe. Simply click the follow button as I post daily information about marketing strategy, tips, all podcast episodes, and any upcoming events you might see me at. If you'd like to connect, make sure to send a note with your connection request that references Social Capital. I can't wait to hear from you. All right, Social Capital Podcast is sponsored by Keystone Click, a strategic digital marketing agency that believes that in order for you to market, you must understand your customer first. You can learn more about that customer discovery process at keystoneclick.com. Today's guest is Lynn Karazi. Lynn is the owner of Data to Profit Consulting. He helps small small to medium-sized companies make more money with their data by using financial ideas and tools he learned at Procter & Gamble. He has a unique ability to help clients think big picture while at the same time digging into the details of their results. When you feel you have a lot of numbers around you, but no answers, Lynn will make those numbers work as hard as you do and turning your data into profit. Lynn, welcome to the show. Hey, good morning. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited to have you here too, because I know you've got some cool, cool stories to share with the unique, um, the unique offering that you provide. So let's, let's talk about that a little bit. So there's a ton of different ways, lots of different companies and people out there that help businesses keep their finances together. What makes you different? You know, yeah, you're absolutely right. There's lots of part-time accountants out there. There's lots of time of bookkeepers. You get your part-time CFOs and where they're focused oftentimes on the preparation of your finances and taking a very traditional view of here's your income state, here's how you look at it, here's your balance sheet, here's what it can tell you. What I do is actually take those numbers and kind of reverse engineer them to not only to be able to tell people what happened, my job is to tell them why it happened and more importantly, give them recommendations about what you should think about doing next. And that is a completely different perspective that I think a lot of business owners get from their, from their accountants and their CFOs. Oh, that, I mean, it's a different story that's being communicated and one that's obviously leads to profits when they probably implement the ideas that you bring to the table. Is that a yeah. good assumption to make? <laughs> yeah, because, again, because the, you know, you can always report what happens and it's kind of like you hear the, you know, you get the headlines on the news. That's what your financial statements, a lot of your reporting is. It gives you the headlines and it's a, something that you can look at but the more real story is when you look into something, you know, you can look at a picture and say, wow, that's a pretty picture. But then when you really start to appreciate, well, what was the situation? What was causing that woman and her child to smile at each other that way? When you really understand why you get a really different perspective on the work and effort that goes into it and running a business is no different. Sure. In, in one of your blogs, you had said that account, what accountants report isn't enough. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? 
Absolutely. You know, yeah, and it really comes down to the, what the accountants give you is a, it's the score, right? It's okay, where are you at at the time? What did the, what happened last month? And what were your results over the past prior year? And they give you that, which is good. But again, it doesn't tell you, always give you an idea of what you should be doing going forward. Because the, the perspective is getting a, a gap financial statement. And you, you know, you're, you're a business owner, right? But you can always say, okay, how much profit did I make that month? But the real question is, where is the profit? You know, because you because you, you can't spend what's on the action, on the balance sheet. Mm -hmm. What is your profit? How did it get there? Most importantly, where is it? And finally, when can you actually spend it? You know, I can say that I made all this profit by selling this stuff, but if nobody's paid me for it yet, I can't spend that money. Or if I look at my bank statement right today, it says, yes, I've got $10,000 there. But it doesn't tell you that, you know, five days from now, you need 15,000. Mm -hmm. And so, okay, what's going to happen with the other 10,000 or the other 5,000? And so it's a, it's a moving piece that if you just rely on that static perspective without both an understanding of how you got there and where you're going, what's coming up, then you're really missing a big chunk of what's going to impact your business results. Yeah. Wow. That, yeah. That's good insight for sure. I'm sure business owners really appreciate that perspective that you bring to the table. And, and it's unfortunate. I'll tell you a little story about a, a company I was working with. We had some great conversations. I was all set to go visit them down in Chicago. And they talked about concerns about really understanding their financials, talking about, well, do, are we priced appropriately for the range of services that we have? And we're going to expand and do some capital spending. And we probably need, we've never really done a good financial analysis and that. So we're talking about all these things. And then I get a call from her, from the person and said, um, yeah, we need to delay this because my accountant said that we didn't have a great year and we should probably postpone. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is all the stuff you need to be thinking about now sure. to prepare for next year. But the CPA said, oh, no, can't do that right now. Let's wait. So, okay, so we'll wait and we'll, we'll, we'll pick it up five months from now. But by that time, how many more decisions have been made without the best information available to them? Sure. Yeah. You're, you're helping your, the business owners make intelligent decisions going forward, basically. Yeah. And that's just it. My, my whole thing is you are surrounded. Just in the end, you're surrounded by all this potential data, but nobody in the organization has really developed the capability to kind of dig into it, look at it from a different perspective, rearrange it in a way that tells you new things about your business. And I tell folks, you know, if, if I can't tell you something that's going to help you make more money, I'm free because my whole existence relies on me being able to help you to grow your sales, to grow your net profits. Love it. So I've heard you say that the numbers that business owners should look at are more than dollars and cents. What else should business owners be looking at? Oh, like how, how much time do we have? You know, really, <laughs> you know, everyone says, you know, my, my sales are growing. Okay. But the question is why or how? Uh -huh. And again, the, you, you could look into very easily say these customers and, you know, or these, this particular region or this product line. But when you put that all together, who are your most valuable customers? How many most valuable customers do you have? You know, I worked with a business for a long time and they said, you know, we, we love all of our customers. Yes, that's true. Everybody loves all their customers, but you may not love them all equally. So how many of them really, really depend on that? How many times are they buying? 
you know, what's their average you know, purchase order spend? How many lines are they buying? How many, what number of products are they actually buying? When you look at your gross margins, you know, there's seven different groups of people within your company that can impact your gross margins. Which one is it? Is it your customers? Is it your salespeople? Is it your marketing people? Is it the logistic people, the manufacturing people, the purchasing people, or is it just simply mix? And so you really have to dissect a lot of the numbers that you're looking to and look at the activities that people are doing. And that's really what it comes down to. What, how else can you look at the activities and what are, is occurring in your business? Because at the end of the day, all finance and accounting does is assign numbers to the activities that people have done. How many sales calls are they doing? How many sales calls are your people making to the best customers? What are they talking about? There's a lot of qualitative information that you can mine to get an understanding of where your people coming from. Mm -hmm. And so when you really get into it, and that's part of what I like to do is talk to them about, okay, what are the non-numbers, non-financial numbers? Can you, could you, should you be looking more at in terms of the activities of your business? Yeah, that's, that's a really good um, way to look at things and just kind of, I like how you broke it up into all the different segments of the business. Cause really all everyone's playing a part uh, to some yes. extent, right? They're all contributing to the, the balance sheet and the P and L and all the components on some level. Yeah. And, and like, and, and, uh, you know, the sad part about it is 80% of particularly smaller businesses fail, not because they're not profitable. They are making money, but they run out of cash. Mm-hmm. And you should never be surprised that you're running out of cash because if you have some, you know, you, you can kind of look forward and see what are my obligations where it's going to be consumed. Or if you don't have enough and you're profitable enough, you know, you can go to a bank or some non-traditional funding source and get more cash to help you get through it. But again, that kind of takes an understanding of thinking about your business a little bit more. What are the activities that are coming up so that you can plan ahead? You cannot just plan from an income statement or a balance sheet. As yeah. important as those documents are, you have to look at cash. Yeah. Yeah, there's, and I know there's a lot of different ways to tackle that. Um, but I think this is a good time to pause for a quick message from our sponsor, Lynn. Okay. Social Capital is sponsored by Keystone Click. Located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Keystone Click is a strategic digital marketing agency focused on helping their clients generate and nurture opportunities online. For Social Capital listeners, they've created an awesome Guide to Profits booklet featuring 42 tips on how to build brand awareness, generate leads, and nurture those opportunities online. Visit keystoneclick.com backslash profits to download your own guide today. Purpose of this show is all about networking, and and really that's how business functions. And I know that's how I really got my business growing, and and I, that's how you and I met was networking. Absolutely. Um, my goal is to alleviate any fears that someone might have when they hear that word. So can you help me do that by sharing one of your favorite networking experiences to our listeners today? You know, I. I'm one of these people, I actually love meeting people. In fact, my current coach has told me, Lynn, you, you have to stop having as much fun. You know, I'll <laughs> talk to anybody uh, about networking because I think, I think people are fascinating and there's so many different opportunities out there for people that um, if you're not networking, you're just really not learning as an individual about the world around you. And so 
when you think about networking, it's you're really building, a, you're, that's what it is. You're building a network of people that you meet and know can refer to each other. And once you get really into this, um, I met somebody, I, I met a banker once and she said, oh, you have to meet Angelica. Angelica works for Insperity and she's forming this group called Go-Givers. And, and a whole role is if we all, if we're all basically people who help support small businesses, if they need me, they should need another accountant, they should need a lawyer, they should need a banker, they should need a, a you know, coach or something else or a part-time HR group. And I met somebody in that group and through a different networking, I met a part-time CFO. He recommended me to a client. I was able to help this client do what I was hired to do, but I also said, oh, by the way, you should meet Jeff. He's a specialist in R&D tax credits. And all of a sudden they, they hook up because now I've made the introduction. And three months later, my client find out that they're gonna get over $100,000 back returned to them from R&D tax credits because I became that trusted business advisor who recommended somebody else. And when you look at somebody, you can really help somebody in a very tangible way like that. That to me is the, the fun of things. Oh, I agree. It's all about um, giving first. And I'm intrigued by this Go-Giver group because I know um, there's a book called The Go-Giver. Is that what it's all based off of? Um, no, that's the name that we kind of came up with or oh, gave to ourselves. Okay. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, I did interview the author, author of The Go-Giver. So if you haven't read okay. that book, I highly recommend it. It probably <laughs> aligns closely with with the mission of the group, but that's a great story. Thank you so much for sharing that. So yeah. Lynn, you talk about, you love meeting new people and connecting with as many. How do you stay in front of and best nurture these relationships? Oh, that's one of the biggest challenges that I've come to realize I was not doing a great job of. And so I am I'm now actively designing and building that system and that capability because I've, I've tried all different kinds of things on my own. And unfortunately, I've met a lot of really interesting people, and probably some of them may have been much, you know, may have been you know, more valuable contacts. I let those relationships drop, and this is really before I began to truly appreciate the value of it. Mm -hmm. And so I would say right now, if you're beginning to network, figure out a way that works for you to really keep in contact with these people, because I've spent a lot of time on occasion going back, it's, oh, it's been a long time since I've talked to Bill or Jason or some of these other people that I've met along the way. And so I have now got my sales process outlined or my contact management process outlined and beginning to build that because that I made that early mistake of not having a great system to be able to do that. Sure. So I'm playing a lot of catch up right now. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And I, I think a lot, that is a hard thing to do actually. And, and so you have a, do you have a, uh, an actual software that you're using or um, just... we're, I'm evaluating something right now. Got and it. I've, got, I've hired a, a virtual assistant who's helping me actually implement that. Cool. And I've got somebody that I've engaged to help write some of the, you know, the little notes that you use and sure. so you can automate that follow-up. Yeah. And it's, and the, the challenge has always been, cause I thought, okay, I want to keep it real. I want to keep it natural. And, but more importantly, you just have to keep it going, mm -hmm. keep other people in front of you. And at the same time, you need to stay in front of everybody because everybody's out there networking and everybody has the real jobs and you may not be top of mind. Sure. You, you may be the one that, that kind of lapses and, you know, someday they'll say, oh, I, I got another email from Lynn. Maybe I'll actually read this one. It's just <laughs> the fact that they, you know, hopefully they will, they will stay in touch. 
because you can say, because it's one thing to say, I've got 1200 people on my LinkedIn network or whatever your number happens to be. It's another thing to really know, okay, how many of those people can I say would even really recognize what it is that I do? Or do we just connect because we both attended this virtual conference somewhere and I was one of 50 people that, that they connected with that day? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that's good questions to ask. Um, I do like LinkedIn as a means to stay connected with individuals and um, hopefully advocate for each other's, you know, content in the digital space. But at the same yes. time, you know, the more people you have um, connected, the harder it is to stay connected on a more one-to-one basis. Yeah. And, and actually one of the little things that I like to do, I've got a standard birthday message. So, uh, and it just says, Hey, happy, you know, Saul, today was your birthday. Happy birthday. And just remember, no one can tell you that you have to act your age because you don't know how you've never been this age before. <laughs> and I get so much response. People will just laugh at that. And they'll just give me the, maybe the little LOL It's like, Hey, that's great. And, but it's just, that's just one of the little things that I do to try mm-hmm. to, you know, again, just pop up into that person's LinkedIn. And that's something that, you know, again, it's, it's super easy to do. Uh, my, my assistant has actually been doing that for a while now and, and it, it works. And it, it's just amazing that now and then I will actually hear from somebody just because of that and sure. which cause, which caused them to respond. And all of a sudden we're just having a quick phone call. That's what it's all about. That little nugget to get some sort of activity happening. And then, um, yeah, taking it, the conversation offline, that's where the power and magic really yes. takes place. Absolutely. All right. Here's a fun one for you. If you could go back to your 20 year old self, what would you tell yourself to do more of less of, or differently with regards to your professional career? Well, my 20 year old self, you know, it's, I would be more intentional and have more, have a a life plan that gave me a little more direction because I allowed myself to accept things that came my way without really exploring what else was out there. And, you know, for, for example, you know, when um, I look back and say, what do, we, what do I really enjoy doing now? I probably would not have gotten into corporate finance, but that's where, okay, Procter & Gamble, I interviewed with them because I, I did a temp job with them. They interviewed and over the next 14 years, I moved through PNG, moved up in PNG to the point where, okay, I've worked up and down the PNL. I've done manufacturing and I've done supply chain. I've done brand financial analysis, but is this really what I want to do for the rest of my life? No. Uh, I went to work for a smaller company, which I did a lot of that same stuff, but then I got into marketing and sales and I found out that this is really where the fun is when you're getting closer to the customer and what they're doing. And it all just happened to happen to be happenstance. And when I left there, then I got into the world of, okay, I was probably, I think in high school, I was voted, you know, one of these people most likely to own their own company from that during the high school. <laughs> okay, fine. But I didn't do that directly out of high school. I had to spend 14 years here, 14 years there, three more years finding my way. And all of a sudden now I own data to profit consulting. And, you know, and, and I've really gotten to the point where, okay, this is what I was meant to do. I enjoyed the challenge of meeting people and finding out how I can help them. But at the same time, I could have gotten here a long time ago. And here I'm at now, I feel like this is like the second career for me. All my friends are now retiring and I'm starting a company three years ago. (laughs) 
but you're enjoying it. I mean, I can hear the passion in your voice. So that's, that's, that's important. I think it's really important, especially. It, it really is because there are so many people who um, just don't like what they're doing. In fact, as part of the, the big reservation, big resignation that people are talking about now yep, yep. having gone through this pandemic i think there's just a lot of people who are evaluating their lives and saying oh my god i really don't enjoy doing this yep and yep. why do i want to stay in this relationship with this company where they not, may not value me or i want something that's more than just a paycheck mm-hmm. and Absolutely. granted when you you know when, when you're starting as an entrepreneur you know you're, you're not making your old salary from from day one at least at least that's not my experience <laughs> And that I, is I, very true, I would say, for most most companies, unless they have some seed funding somewhere. Yeah, and and I tell people, you know, like, yes, I love the networking, and they told me, yes, you're going to be planting a lot of seeds, and I wonder why did I go to the seed store and pick up the acorns? <laughs> <laughs> why couldn't I get sunflowers? <laughs> right there, you go. Something grows a little faster. Bamboo, I think, is the fastest growing plant planet. <laughs> yeah. But when, but when you can reach back out or somebody reaches out to you, um, I met this guy through TMA. We were on a phone call once we had a follow-up call and last Christmas, it was like two weeks, two or three weeks before Christmas, I reached out to him and, and all of a sudden five minutes under the phone and he's telling me about his mom's situation. She's in hospice and the people at work said he should be taking care of her but yet here he is talking to me and I says, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry to be taking up your time today. He said, no, my mom would actually appreciate that. Hmm. And just tell me, Dave, you know, don't, you know, don't cry for me, get your butt back to work. So he's telling me this. And then three weeks ago, he reached out to me and said, Hey, I have a client that in a project I'm working for, and we may, we may be able to bring you into this. And as a matter of fact, you know, we're getting together tomorrow at his clients. I'm part of his team. Cool. And it, and even though I'd never met this guy in person, we just established in that phone call, yeah. understanding about each other. And it's like my job that day was to listen to him. Yeah. And it's just one of these, you know, if you're a spiritual person, it's one of those God moments that I, that I firmly mm-hmm. believe in. And my job that day was to talk to him. And again, it all started through a networking, which built a relationship which we didn't talk to each other for months. All of a sudden, these you know we're we're you know we're we're reconnecting again and doing business. Yep. And that that's that's part of the acorns. Love it. Um, I agree. I, I like I like that analogy. So here's a fun opportunity for you to interview me. What's something that you'd like to ask me, Lynn? Lori, what what's the you know you run a marketing service, right? Mm-hmm. So what is the most unique opportunity you've had to work with a business that went really, really well that you didn't expect it to when you first started? Oh, um, <laughs> I didn't expect it to. I mean, I, I'm sharing the ideas on this is what I think you should do. And I guess, it, yeah, it, it exceeded expectations. So um, there is a, a manufacturing company that we worked with a few years ago when I, when I fairly knew in starting the business, actually, I'd say they're probably one of our larger accounts early on. Um, and we redesigned their whole website. And we also did a ton of SEO, which is search engine optimization. And, and that's basically making sure that their site shows up when someone is Googling, you know, something that they're ultimately the solution for. So before they started working with us, they were averaging around 
$150,000 in what they referred to as web-related sales. So they, okay. they, they didn't sell online. It wasn't e-commerce, but they did a really good job of sourcing where the new business came from. And I'm sure you can appreciate that. Absolutely. Can. <laughs> and um, after about a year after we launched the new site and, and you know, did the full um, optimization and overhaul of everything on their site, the owner came to me and said, whatever you did was amazing, Lori, because now we're averaging about one and a half or a million to two million of wow. web-related sales. And so they actually cut some funding, you know, for trade shows and some other traditional things to really go all in on, on digital. And I just thought, wow, that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that one definitely exceeded my expectations. Um, and super happy client and they've been a great, um, you know, reference for us. Um, and, and I think that what I loved about working with that project is uh, they trusted us to, to do what we felt was best and we did it and it worked. There you go. <laughs> so I'm sure, I'm sure we've all had those scenarios where we share the information, but I mean, I even had that too, where I know what to do, but there's reservations on moving forward for some reason. Yeah, and and those are the things when you can actually meaningfully impact your clients. That to me is where the satisfaction is. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you ride the entrepreneur's roller coaster sometimes. I got some really great days and really some not so great days. And mm-hmm. you get the little voices on your shoulder that say, "I'm great, you stink. I'm great, you stink." You know, <laughs> and and it happens sometimes multiple times a day. <laughs> yep. But when you have those experiences, that's the fun of it all. Totally, totally agree. Um, thank you for that question. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, do you have any final word or advice to offer our listeners with regards to growing and supporting your network? You know, you, you got to own it. You know, no one, you know, not very many people come reaching out to you. And yes, there's a lot of, you know, there's, there's people who are reluctant to engage in those situations, but it really is an opportunity to step out of your own little comfort zone and meet some really cool, fascinating people that otherwise you 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 never would. Mm-hmm. And so you have to get out there, and particularly if you're a business owner, whether you whether you are networking within your own industry segment, or you're you know you you can go in a number of different directions. Just get out and do it, and don't be afraid to be that one in the room that steps into a group of four or five other people and introduce yourself and ask a, a very unique question about them. And then remember, it's not all about you. And believe me, that's that was my rookie mistake. Hey, I'm here to network and you're here to help me, right? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so you will mess up, you will make mistakes, you will say the wrong things, but you know what? You just gotta get up and do it again. And once you, once you get comfortable with the idea, it really can be a lot of fun. Yeah. I agree. I think we all start out a little green in, in that space and then we learn from our mistakes. And that's the important part is the, the learning opportunities, but yeah. great advice. Yeah. I think the more you do it, the better you get at it, just like anything else in this world. Yeah. And I was, I was at a um, one event and I met this guy, he works for an art house. And I said, okay, an art auction house. Okay. okay. So I said, how did you get into that? And he said, well, you know, I major, I majored, went to school, majored in you know ancient Italian architecture. Oh wow. And I got out of school and realized I can't do anything with this. And I actually looked for something that was close to you know to ancient stuff. 
someone suggested I you know, go explore art. So I did that. And all of a sudden now he's working for this auction house because it's kind of like one of those really unique careers sure. that you would never appreciate somebody's story or what they do or learn a little, about, little, about, little bit about that unless you actually ask the question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. That, I agree 100%. It doesn't hurt to ask. So um, Lynn, as we, we come to a close here, is there um, any way that you want to share how people can get in touch with you if they're interested in connecting? Absolutely. They say LinkedIn. I am all over that. Um, it's L-Y-N-N-C-O-R-A-Z-Z-I. I am the owner of Data to Profit Consulting. Or if you want to just reach out um, for more information, www.datatoprofit.net, data the number two. And finally, my phone number, I'll give it out here, 920-948-3355. I would love to talk to people. All right. We will include all that information in our show notes. Thank you so much for being on the show. (laughs) Lori, it was absolutely my pleasure. Absolutely. All right. This wraps up our episode of Social Capital. Huge thank you to Lynn for taking the time to connect with us. As mentioned before, let's connect on LinkedIn. Connect with Lynn. Connect with me. Uh, We're both looking forward to hearing from you. I hope you enjoyed today's show. And most importantly, reach out and connect with someone. Reconnect with someone from your past or find someone new that you'd like to connect with. That's what it's all about. Go build those relationships. (laughs) That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode.